All right, good morning. I'm wondering, are you missing anything this Christmas? Is there anything missing for you? I'll tell you, I'm missing some warm weather, okay? I'm missing some warm weather. White Christmas is fine, but have you guys ever experienced tropical Christmas? That's much better, my friends, much better. I'm missing some warm weather. Amber and I just got back from Puerto Vallarta, Mexico this last week. It was amazing, and I'm missing it already. You know, the sunshine, the lack of white stuff on the ground. I don't know. I'm just missing the warm weather. Now, it's mid-December, and maybe for you, what you're missing is a little bit of Christmas spirit, right? Like, everybody around you seems so festive. They seem so excited about the holiday, and you're kind of like, meh. (laughs) She's <laughs> just like, I don't know. I mean, sure, I guess. You're not mad at Christmas or anything, but you're also not really jazzed about it yet either. Perhaps it's because you're super busy at work and it's just like with all the, the busyness and the chaos of the schedule that you haven't even had time to breathe and to think about the fact that this is a special holiday season. Or maybe you're one of those people and there are lots of you out there. You're not bad for this, but you've just never understood why people get so hyped over the holiday season. You know, maybe you don't decorate a lot. You're you're glad to spend time with family, buy some gifts, things like that. But it's not your favorite time of the year. That's entirely possible. It's just another day for you. You're the kind of people who, uh, when I say, do you have Christmas spirit? You're like, I got rum in my eggnog. Does that count? (laughs) Yes, but there's more to it than that. Or maybe the thing that you're missing this Christmas is a lot heavier than any of that. Maybe it's a lot more obvious. Perhaps what you're missing this Christmas is family. Like your family is in another part of the country or they're even in another part of the world and you're not going to get to spend December 25th or 4th or 6th or any time this holiday season with your loved ones because of the geographical distance. Maybe you're missing family. Maybe in the last year or so you've lost a loved one. And everybody's going to get together. The whole extended family is going to be there this Christmas. But you just know deep down in your soul, it can't be the same with Nana not there, right? Maybe you're missing a loved one this Christmas. Maybe you're in a situation where your kids are going to be spending the holidays with your ex this year. And your plans for Christmas morning are to stay in your PJs, lay on the couch, watch Disney Plus and cry your eyes out, okay? No judgment. Listen, I would probably do the same thing. You just know that this Christmas, it's gonna be a tough one because you're missing the people who are most important to you. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about big things or relatively small things. We're all missing a little something this Christmas. Everybody has something that they wish was present during this holiday season. Unfortunately, it's not. I've noticed, and I wonder if any of you have as well, that it's surprising how one season can feel so full and so empty at the same time. It's like this amazing, wonderful, meaningful time of the year. There's lots of festivities and joy, and yet there's always something within us that's like, oh, but I'm missing this. I'm missing just a little bit of that. We're all missing something this Christmas. So what we're doing over the next few weeks here at Connect Church is we are starting a new teaching series called What's Missing This Christmas. Let me just pause right here. I know some of you guys are Christians in the room and you just saw that and you clenched a little. Why? Because the screen says Xmas and not Christmas. And you're like, how dare a pastor take the Christ out of Christmas? You're already composing emails on your phone. This was not a design decision. This was intentional. We'll get there in a couple of weeks. We're asking the question, what's missing this 
Christmas. What are we missing? And so what we're doing is we're looking at a few things that Jesus said and did during his time here on earth that I believe if we really came to understand them, it would make this holiday season much more meaningful to us. Now, I'm pretty pumped about this series, and you heard Kyle make the announcement that starting in January, we're going to be at two morning services, but I have to tell you, we're going to do that Christmas Sunday as well. So December 22nd, we're not having a 10 o'clock service. We're having a 9 a.m. and a 1030 because we know it's going to be our largest service of the year. We want you guys to invite every friend, every family member, every stranger and enemy you can to come to church the Sunday before Christmas, because I'll just tell you guys, people are likely to say yes at this time of the year. They want to connect with something more meaningful. They know they're missing something. And so we want to encourage you guys to take full advantage of that. This is going to be an incredible series. And I hope as we identify some things that you might be missing this Christmas, the word of God and the teachings of our Savior Jesus can help you to understand what you're missing and how it can change this Christmas. So let me start by reading you a verse that Jesus uh, said. This verse in in the Gospel of John records a a statement, a teaching of Jesus. It's one simple verse that we're going to focus on this morning. It's John chapter number 14, verse 27. We'll put it here on the screen if you want to follow along. Jesus is speaking to his followers, to his disciples. But in reality, he's speaking to everybody. He's speaking to us, not just the few people that were gathered in the room. He's talking to all of us. And he says to them, I'm leaving you with a gift. Now, he goes on, but we're going to pause there for a moment, and and I want to highlight the fact that Jesus promises us a gift this Christmas season, and that's perfect because Christmas is the season of gift giving, isn't it? Like, that's the whole, it's not the whole point, of course, but it's like one of the major facets of the holidays is that we give gifts to one another. Do you like giving gifts to people? Is that like something you enjoy? Yeah, I really dig it too. It's, uh, it's one of those things that just brings a lot of joy when you're able to bless and give to other people. I bet a lot of you guys have spent a ton of time already choosing the perfect gift for your kids or your best friend, and you can't wait to give it to them around Christmas. They unwrap it, and you get to see the joy on their face when you gave them like the perfect gift in the perfect moment. Now, some of you guys are like, bro, I haven't even started my Christmas shopping yet, but right now I just want you to smile and nod along so that people know you're not a Grinch, okay? Gift giving is amazing. It is such a wonderful thing to give a present and to see the joy on somebody's face when they receive it. And here's the deal. When Jesus says that he has a gift he wants to give to each one of us, I think he feels the same way we do about giving gifts. In the same way that we love to give gifts, we love to see the reaction. I think Jesus He knows that this is, this gift he's about to tell us about, is the perfect gift for us. It's the right size. It's the right, it comes at the right moment for us. It is exactly what we want. It is exactly what we need. And I just get the sense as I read this, that Jesus would be thrilled to see you and I unwrap and receive this gift this Christmas season. So what is this gift that Jesus offers us? John chapter number 14, verse 27, he goes on. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Yes. Oh, that is a gift I would love to find wrapped under the tree this year. Anybody with me? Yes, that's a gift I want. Have you ever gotten a gift you didn't want? Oh yeah, I've been there too, right? It's like you you unwrap it and you're so excited and then you see it and you're like, oh, wow, that's really nice. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. But inside you're like, did he just buy me a meat thermometer? Like what, what, what is this gift? What is this? 
When you get a gift you don't want, it's kind of like, uh, okay, it's the thought that counts, I guess. I don't know. You said that you've gotten gifts that you didn't really want. I've been there too. On my 16th birthday, 16th birthday, it's a big one, right? I'm like two years away from being a legit adult. I'm, I'm old enough to drive. Like this is a big birthday. So I get up, birthday morning, 16 years old. I walk into the living room and there's a present on the dining table. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, here we go, here we go. So I go over there, I look at the card. It's from my dad and my stepmom. And I unwrap it, you know, with all the like gusto in the world. And I realize that for my 16th birthday, the only present that my dad got me was an alarm clock. <laughs> this is a true story. And I, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to seem grateful. But quite frankly, I was a bratty teenager. And I was like, really? Really? I did not like that gift. Now, I know some of you guys are like, actually, Dan, you don't realize what your dad did for you. You were probably one of those lazy teenagers. Your dad gave you a present and a message. If you want to grow up, son, you got to get up. You got to go to school on time. You got to show up at work on time. You need to learn some discipline. That's not what was going on. Listen, I'm an early bird. I didn't have a problem sleeping in. I always get up early. Growing up, even as a child, I was always the first one up. Even today, when I'm not working, I still get up at like 6, 6.30 every morning. Like, I'm an early bird. So I didn't need an alarm clock. It just seemed like a gift that, quite frankly, didn't have a lot of thought behind it. It wasn't particularly expensive. And uh, it didn't really seem like something I needed at the moment. Now, before you feel too sorry for me, I'll tell you guys, I have been on the opposite side of this as well. I have given gifts that the person clearly did not want. I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but let me just say that for my third wedding anniversary, I bought my wife a surround sound system. That was not a romantic gift, and she was not overly thrilled with it. There's only been one time in my life where I bought a gift for someone else, but in reality, it was for me. That was it. So look, if you get a gift that you don't want, or you give a gift that the person doesn't want, it's like, oh, it seems like such a missed opportunity. But how great would it be this Christmas, 2019, to find that you had received the gift of peace in your mind and your heart? That would be the perfect gift for me and probably for most of you. That's because when we ask the question, what's missing this Christmas in your life? For a lot of you, the primary thing you're missing today is peace. You're missing peace in your life right? It's Christmas and there's all the busyness, but then there's like the family pressures. Some of you guys are carrying around a lot of anxiety because in a week or two, you're going to go to family dinner and you know, you're going to have to explain to everybody why you're, why you're still single, right? And you're like, oh, I don't even want to have this conversation. Some of you guys are battling in your home right now. You need some peace because there's really a lot of conflict over where you're going to spend December 25th. Are you going to spend it with your family? Are you going to spend it with his family? Both of you guys are playing tug of war and you're not totally sure where it's all going to land yet. Maybe your kids are asking you for presents and you know you can't afford the gifts that they want. And so you feel a lot of anxiety. You feel a lack of peace because of all the things that go on around the Christmas season. In the middle of all of this chaos and conflict, wouldn't it be great if Jesus were for real? Like if he could really give you peace of heart and mind, that would be absolutely wonderful. Jesus says here in John chapter number 14 that peace is a gift 
he wants you to have. It is possible for you to have peace in your heart and mind this Christmas season. So look at what he goes on to say here. I'm giving you a gift, peace of heart and mind. But then he says, the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. All right, Jesus, well, that's a pretty bold claim. The peace that he offers is a gift that the world cannot give us. Why not? Why is it that the world can't give us peace? Why is it that we're never able to find lasting peace in our heart? Well, it may come down to what we think peace is. See, according to most people in our world, peace is the absence of chaos and conflict. That's the way we typically define peace, isn't it? When Jesus says, I want to give you peace this Christmas season, your mind immediately says, yes, Jesus, take away all my problems. That would be fantastic. Because we define peace as the absence of chaos and conflict. We say we have peace when we are not at war. We have peace when all the bills are paid. We have peace when our cousin doesn't make a scene at Christmas dinner. We have peace when our kids are happy with their presence. We have peace in our minds when there's no chaos, when there's no conflict, when there's no tension, where there's no war going on in the world around us. But how often does that actually happen? How often is there no conflict? How often is there no anxiety in our minds? How often is there no strife in our families? How often is there no violence in our world? You can measure that kind of peace in mere seconds, right? If we define peace as the absence of chaos and conflict, it's no wonder that we almost never experience any peace at all. Because the world is a chaotic place and the world is a conflicted place. Even this wonderful Christmas season is chaotic and conflicted. But Jesus offers us a peace that is not dependent on the chaos or the conflict in our lives. It has nothing to do with what's going on in our external circumstances. According to most people, peace is the absence of chaos and conflict. But according to Jesus, peace is assurance in the middle of chaos and conflict. Those two things are very, very different. It's a confidence that no matter what storms rage around us this holiday season, you can trust God and his goodness in your life. That peace is possible even when things have not worked themselves out. Even when you can't make everybody happy, even when you've got a million things on your schedule and you're like, how am I gonna pull all this off? Peace is still possible because peace is not the absence of conflict and chaos. Peace is assurance in the middle of conflict and chaos. See, this is why Jesus says that the world cannot give us peace. You can't give what you don't have. The world doesn't have this kind of peace. Jesus offers us a peace that is dependent on God's goodness and not whether or not life is good around us. So we've got the world that says, hey, if you want peace this Christmas, then you've got to work everything out. You've got to pay the right amount. You, got to, you just got to figure it all out. And Jesus says, no, 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 you're never going to find peace that way. Instead, I have a peace that I can offer you that will last no matter what's going on in your life.
If you look back in the Old Testament, there's this prophecy that's made, a prediction about the coming Messiah, who we call Jesus. And in Isaiah chapter number nine, verse six, one of the most famous Christmas verses of all time, the Bible tells us that there's gonna be a child that is born to us, a son that is given to us. Now, remember, this is Old Testament, so it's looking forward. We're past this moment, so we're looking backwards. It says, for a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. All right, baby prime minister. And he will be called wonderful counselor. Mighty God? Wait a sec. An infant? A baby? Mighty God? Everlasting father. And then it ends by saying, this promised one, this child that will come will be our prince of peace. The night Jesus was born, there were angels that were celebrating and announcing the fact that he had shown up in the world. And I want you to look at what they had to say about the birth of Jesus in Luke chapter number two. The Bible tells us that that night, the night Jesus was born, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. The shepherds were like, what is even going on? But the angels reassured them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Now look at this last part. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. They were the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and what? Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The entire Christmas story is wrapped up in this promise that Jesus can give us a peace that we will not find anywhere else. Jesus will offer you a peace that a full bank account cannot give you. You know why? Because your bank account might be full today, but we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You, this peace that Jesus offers us, it is something that having one nice family dinner together is not going, it can't give you. It's great to have a single happy Christmas, but you know what? We have no clue what the next year is going to bring to us. We have no idea whether or not next Christmas will be anywhere near as happy as this one. Jesus offers us a peace that gives us confidence and assurance in the middle of life's chaos and conflicts. Now, you might be thinking, okay, but Dan, that sounds nice. I don't get it, though. How is it that a baby could give me peace? How is it that an infant is the prince of peace? You might even be thinking to yourself, Dan, I've had a couple of babies. And let me tell you something. The word that I associate with babies is not peace. In fact, it's the opposite of peace. All of my kids were crazy. I get that. And I'll tell you, the early church wrestled with this idea too. Christians throughout the centuries have, have, okay, so what does this mean that Jesus would give us this kind of peace? The early church was trying to figure this out in, in a couple, within a couple of decades of Jesus being here on earth. 
And eventually, as a partial answer to this idea that Jesus was the one who brings us true and lasting peace, they wrote a hymn. A hymn is just a worship song. It's the same sort of stuff we sang a few minutes ago. And they wrote this worship song, and the Apostle Paul quotes this worship song in this letter he writes that we call Colossians. Colossians chapter number one. I want you to look at what the early church had to say about Jesus. It says, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Okay, so we need to stop here for a moment. And for those of you guys that may not be super familiar with like the Christian um, basis for Christmas, you may be thinking, why did they get so hyped about this little baby? I mean, sure, he grew up to be a good guy, but like nobody knew that back then, right? He was just a little baby. No. For thousands of years, people had been waiting for this baby to show up. There had been promises and predictions that this child would be more than just a child. That's why in the book of Isaiah, written several hundred years before Jesus was ever born, it says this child is going to carry the government on his shoulders. This child is going to be the everlasting father. He is going to be the mighty God. He's going to be our prince of peace. See, Christmas is special and Jesus is special in Christmas because he's not just a cute little snuggly fat baby wrapped up in a manger surrounded by barnyard animals. He is God himself come to earth. And so in Colossians chapter number one, this hymn that the Christians were singing, it said that God in all his fullness dwelt inside of Christ. It's a reference to Christmas. But it goes on and it says, through him, through Jesus, God reconciled everything, everyone to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. That's a reference to Easter. So when we start talking about like, how can this little tiny infant baby that needs his diapers change and stuff, how is it that he could be the prince of peace? It's because he came to earth at Christmas time in flesh, God in a bod, so that he could identify with the very best of humanity. There's a reason that we get warm fuzzies when we read the Christmas story, because it's a beautiful, pure, hopeful, wonderful story. But the story doesn't end there. 33-ish years later, this same little baby was hung on a cross And he died. And the Bible says it was on purpose. He chose it. And because of that, because he shed his blood on the cross, we have peace with God. When Jesus comes at Christmas, there is the promise of peace. When he dies and raises from the dead at Easter, there's the guarantee, the gift of peace. Jesus is our Prince of Peace because he came and identified with us as humans, but he died for us so that we could have a relationship with God. See, here's the truth. This is the real meaning behind the Christmas story and the peace that Jesus talks about here in John chapter number 14. Remember, he told you, I wanna give you peace of heart and mind. 
but you won't have true peace of heart and mind until you have peace of soul. That's the truth. No matter what, no matter how hard you try, no matter how much you make, no matter whether you buy perfect presents, no matter whether you got a live tree or a fake tree, no matter what, right? Like the only thing that is gonna give you true and lasting peace in the world is to have peace in your soul, peace between you and your heavenly father. And when that happens, there is a peace that comes over your heart and mind that will sustain you no matter what happens in your life. No matter how well or how poorly your Christmas goes, you will have an assurance that God is with you. One of the names given to baby Jesus was Emmanuel, which means God is with us. See, here's what the Bible teaches. Our sins have alienated us from God, right? Like we've tried to find peace in every other avenue under the sun, in the things that we buy, in the people that we marry, in the jobs that we have, in the number of social media followers we have, like how we look, how we dress. We try to find peace in all of these other areas. And what happens is we keep running away from the source of true peace. If you'll let me be kind of crass for a moment, we're a little bit like a dog that grabs something off the counter that it's not supposed to have. What happens when your dog grabs something off the counter and you're like, hey, Zelda, give me that. They're like, you, and they run. Okay, so you and I are grasping at peace. We're trying to find peace anywhere we can. And the moment God says, hey, Dan, give me that. That's not gonna give you peace. I'm like, no, let me try. And I run away. So I have separated myself from God. When I say my sins have alienated me from God, I'm not saying God the Father is looking down at me and he's like, oh, you sinful little booger. I don't want anything to do with you, you rotten brat. No, God says, oh, my son, I love you. And I want you to know the plans that I have for you. The plans that are not to harm you, but they're to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. And the whole while I'm running away from God, my sins have separated me from God. But the Christmas story is a story about how God the Father loves us so much that he would come to earth in what we could call Operation Christmas Child, right? It's like a rescue mission. And he comes down here, so that he can chase after us. And through his life and death as a human being, he's able to pursue us and purchase us, his death on the cross. This is what Christmas is all about. And this is the peace that Jesus offers to every single one of us. It is a peace that starts in your soul and then it works its way to your heart and your mind and your family, and your bank account, and your body, and every other part of your life. So listen, this morning, I wanna give you the chance to receive this gift of peace. I want you to say yes to Jesus and to say yes to this lasting peace that he offers to every single one of us. Like every single gift, you don't have to do anything to earn it. 
Like, let's be real. For, I don't know if there are kids in here. Maybe I should be careful with this. Let's, you know, we tell our kids around Christmas time, if you're naughty, you won't get any presents. But we all know that's baloney. We're going to give them presents because we love them. We give them gifts because of our love and relationship with them. If we truly made them earn their gifts, they wouldn't be gifts. The Bible tells us that our salvation, our peace that comes from Jesus, he says, it is a gift. You don't have to earn it. You just have to receive it. You just have to say yes and thank you to your heavenly father. So if you say, Dan, that's me. I need peace between me and God, between me and myself, between me and every other person on the planet. I need this lasting peace that Jesus talks about. All you have to do is say yes and ask him for it. So I invite everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if that's you, you might just repeat these simple words after me. This is basically the same prayer I said as a 16-year-old boy, and it changed my life forever. I found a peace that I couldn't find anywhere else. You might say, dear Jesus, I need your peace today. I'm sorry for running away. Today, I trust you to give me what I need. Forgiveness, mercy, peace, hope. I ask this in your name, amen. When we ask Jesus for this gift, he promises that he'll give it to us. And so if you prayed that prayer, then Jesus has given you his peace, his mercy, his grace, his love. He's given you new life, new purpose, new hope. Nothing is ever the same. And it all starts with receiving this simple, simple gift. 